have fun down there. Yeah. When I found out I was preaching this Sunday, I was like, yes, don't have to. I get pied enough at youth group, so. You guys excited for church? Yes, I'm excited to be here, excited to preach. See, typically I'm preaching to teenagers. I'm going to be honest, I like them better than adults most of the time. (laughs) They're amazing. They speak my language, they laugh at my jokes, but no, I'm very excited to be able to speak in big church as well. So like Pastor Jeff said, uh, we just got back from a missions trip not too long ago, and we had a great team go down there. It was lots of fun. And so today we're going to share about that. So today's going to look a little bit different. We're going to have some people sharing testimonies, have some video testimonies, just so you can get a feel of what it was like down there on the trip. And so it's all going to tie in with the message today. Uh, But before we jump into that, I wanted to give a shout out to the couple that led our trip. That's Jason and Joanna Grisula. Could you guys raise your hands? Give it up for them. Jason, Jason and Joanna did an amazing job. They have experience. They've been down to this place before. They used to be full-time missionaries. And it was like right when we got down there, it's like they just kind of hit their stride, like hit their groove. They knew what they were doing. They led the team so well. It was so nice to have people who knew what they were doing on the trip, someone that we could look to, someone to be able to get us across the border. And then this is key, get us back into the United States. And we all got back. So thank you so much. We really appreciate everything that you guys did. All right. So the first person I'm going to call up to share is Katie Heidel. Why don't you come on up? She's going to share. Yeah, give it up for her. Oh, she's got notes. This is good. She's prepared. It's good. So she was just an amazing asset on the trip. God worked through her. And so she's just going to share a little bit of her story. Thank you. I'm super nervous. I talk to little kids. I don't, I don't like the teenagers either. But <laughs> um, So I'm Katie Heidela, and my husband Joe is here, but not on stage. And husband Finn, or husband Finn, my son Finn, and then Brooks and Avon. They are 10, 11, and 13. So the five of us went together. And it's something that Joe and I have always had in our hearts to do was go on a mission trip. Um, I grew up military, he was in the military, so just been around a lot of different cultures and just something that was always on our hearts to do. So when this came up, we were super excited because he, there were some other ones where just kind of, I think for a first mission trip just wasn't um, a fit, but this was building and that is right up our alley, so um, we were super excited to do it. And I think one of, we were super excited and then I think right before we go, we kind of just talking about it, kind of hit a low And I think just that, you know, Americans going to another country, um, just are, I don't know, I think just some stereotypes that can go with that. So I just kind of got really discouraged a little bit before I went and um, just worked through that prayer and it, it worked out. It was an amazing, incredible trip and I really hope that we will be able to do it again and bring all of our family. And I think one of the, the main things that was just, it was just so cool was the sense of community. Um, The women's Bible study was mentioned and that's kind of what we've been talking about too, just finding your people. And it was, we were all there on the same mission, living together, eating together, showering together in two to three minutes. So it was like all at the same time, even though we're all in different showers. Um, We were in different showers, but it was, you know, we're worshiping together. We're singing, the kids are playing. There's no screens, which is such a huge blessing. Um, And just, it was, we're just there together. There's no arguing. It wasn't, 
We weren't rushed to get the build done, even though it was three and a half days, I think. We even got done early. And we're just going to different places, different ministries in town, and everyone was just so joyful. We were tired, but it was just, there was just joy in everyone's heart. So it was just like a little glimpse of heaven to me, like what it will be later. Just, we're all together, we're unified, we're just having fun together, and um, that that's what I really, really enjoyed. And I just have to share, so the kids, and you know, it was just so multi-generational. The kids are helping um, nail some of the roofing together, and they're painting, and they're exploring. We were like in the middle of nowhere. It was like a desert, kind of, and the ocean wasn't far, but far enough, but there was like literally nothing around us. And a lot of the, the yards and stuff were surrounded by barbed wire. And I look over, and one of our sons and Lou, they're like, army crawling under the barbed wire and like helping each other. And then another little guy, he just comes up. He's like, no, guys, like this. And he sits parallel to it, gets on the ground, and he just rolls under. I'm like, oh. So we're learning some new skills, too. We're not on screens, but we'll <laughs> hopefully we'll use those for, for the good. Um, so it was just so cool, like even through some of the services we sat, we went through a three-hour church service, which I thought was amazing, um, but it got long for some of the kids, but it just kept going and going, and they were singing and praying, and, and like I said, just that sense of community and a little glimpse of heaven. So I just really hope if it's on your heart to go that you would, you would go sometime, and I really hope we get to go again. So it's a great job. Give it up for Katie. It was nice having her on a trip. My wife was not on the trip, and I was with my son, so it was nice to have, like, some moms there. So, like, when my son was throwing up at the airport, we had a mom there to, like, because I'm just like, stop throwing up. You're fine. Like, stop. And she's, like, helping him, actually. So that was good. So it was nice having her on the trip. Great job. I also want you to get the perspective of a younger kid who was on the trip. Because like she said, we had all different ages on this trip. And so one of them lives in my house, my son Lou. Uh, so we put together a little video of him just answering a few questions. So go ahead and check out this video. My name is Lucas Maxwell, and I'll be turning nine in two days. Were you excited when you found out you were going on the Mexico trip? Kind of, and scared. My favorite part of the trip was probably standing on the roof of the house we built. What was the scariest part of the trip for you? Going to the dump. What did you see when you were at the dump? Trash. There were people that lived at the dump. When I saw the people at the dump, I felt thank you, thankful of what I got. Very, 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 very sad. God had me try new things while I was on the Mexico trip. I got to help build a house. I got to meet people that speak a different language, try new foods, and I heard God speak to me. I was carrying a Gatorade bottle, and I took off the cap that I kind of ripped off. I poured the Gatorade into the cap, and it overflowed, and, I, and then I thought of God's overflowing love. What did you think of the church service down there? Crazy. A little bit different from the church here? Mm-hmm. What was your favorite food that you had down there? Probably 
the tacos, the probably the chicken or the steak. What What would you say to another kid in the church who is nervous about going on a mission trip? You can do it. Should they go? Yes. What would you say to uh, other parents who are nervous about having their kids go on a mission trip? They'll do fine. They'll do fine. Let them go. Yes. Would you go again? Definitely. That's my boy. That's my boy. So pretty proud. So you heard him, parents. Let him go, all right? So I want to encourage you guys, if you have never been on a missions trip, go on a missions trip, all right? Bring your family on a missions trip. You've never experienced God's church if you've only been to an American church. All right, so go on a mission trip, see different cultures, see our brothers and sisters and how they live in different parts of the world and, and let God serve through you. So today in the message, I want to share a little bit more about, again, our Mexico trip and the experiences we had. Um, but I also want to talk about how God is calling his people to do his work. But a lot of times we miss the calling because we don't think that we're equipped to do the work. We don't think we have the right training. We don't think we know the Bible well enough. And so we don't step into that calling that God has for us. As followers of Christ, each and every day, God puts opportunities in front of us. Some of them are really small and some of them are really big and grand. And so how do we know what we're called to do? Well, as followers of, as followers of Christ, we have the spirit of God in us. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit dwells in us. And so we need to be listening to the Holy Spirit because here's the deal. I can't meet every need that there is in the world. You can't meet every need or every issue or solve every problem that there is in the world. But there are things that God puts in front of you where he's saying, this one's for you. This is one that you're called to be a part of. This is something I want you to step into so I can work through you. But how do we know when to go? Like, how do we know when God is saying, hey, do this. This one is for you. Well, in Acts, we get a little glimpse of this. In Acts 13, it's the early church, right? Jesus is gone, right? He's gone up to be with his Father in heaven. The early church has formed. And they're meeting here in Acts 13, members of the church. And they're fasting and they're praying and they're worshiping. And then through that, God speaks. And so I want you to be able to see that. Acts 13, starting in verse 2, it says this. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting... The Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. So after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and set them off. See, there was work that needed to be done. The message of Jesus Christ needed to go out. Someone needed to be sent. So what did they do? The church gathered together and they worshiped God and they prayed and they fasted and they listened to the Holy Spirit and God spoke and they knew to go. Again, some of us just had this opportunity to go on this trip. We were presented with an opportunity to go on the trip, and we felt a tugging on our hearts from the Holy Spirit saying, hey, this one is for you. I'm calling you to go on this one. So we prayed, and we asked God if it was for us. And when we got that confirmation, he said, this is for you. We said, yes, we will go. And so I want to take a little more time and share a little bit more of what we did. We did so much down there, so I'm not going to cover everything. But I want to give you some of the highlights of what we did down there. I want to tell you about some of the people we met and their stories. So this first picture, you can throw that up there. This is our team that went down to Mexico. 
the really cool thing about the trip, well, there was a lot of cool things, but one of the cool things was this, that when we got down there, we didn't all know each other very well. Like there were some of us who like had relationships and knew each other, but as a whole, the whole group didn't know each other very well. But then by the end of the week, we did. Like we had inside jokes. We were working side by side. We were getting along. We were building new friendships. And church, you need to understand that when you do ministry alongside people, it forms a bond like you cannot even imagine. You get to know people. You get to know their, their hearts and their desires and what God is speaking to them. So that was one thing that was really cool. One of the main reasons we went down there was to build a house, right? So when we got down there, this is what it looked like. We just had the foundation, and then we got to work. Apparently in Mexico, the sun is a little different than here in Minnesota. Did you guys know this? <laughs> that, yeah, that happened. That was day one. Just starting off with a bang, right? <laughs> and then you can show that uh, next picture. We, all, we believe in safety. So... I wanted to show that also because we brought the spirit of Homestead down. Not that we're unsafe, but that we like to have fun. Like we, we brought like Homestead down there and, and we had fun. We did the ministry. We did work, but we did it with a smile on our face. You can throw up the next picture. There he is. There's Finn. He's right there. There's Finn. Shout out to Finn. He was putting some trim on the house. I just wanted to show this uh, because, again, there were all different age ranges on this trip. And literally everyone jumped in. Like we had things for everyone to be able to do. And it was really cool as a youth pastor to be able to see our youth students step up and, you know, do things on the house build or ministry-wise, step out of their comfort zone. And so that was really cool to see them step out and, and trust that God would be faithful. Uh, the next picture, we got to go, like she said, we went to a uh, church service. And yes, it was about three hours long. It was very different from any church service that I've been here in the United States. You guys, at one point, uh, we were doing a conga line around the whole church, all the pews, like like moving fast, and we're sweating, and we're singing. We don't even know what the words are because it's in Spanish. There were some big Mexican boys sweating, doing this conga line. Like, I mean, it was fun. And uh, we and it just kept going. The song would end. We're like, okay, we're done. No, nope. started up again. We, we did that for like a half hour. Uh, at one point in the service, um, they kind of broke us up into age groups. So you had like your kids' church, your youth group, and main service. And so I went with uh, uh, the youth group and just to hang out with them. And we went up into this like attic room that was just hot and sweaty. And it was kids from the local church and then kids from our uh, church that were there. And this pastor, he just opened up the Bible and taught for 45 minutes, just straight out of the word to these teenagers. It was super cool, super challenging for me. And then so we went back downstairs, and I know our teenagers are thinking, okay, we did our Bible study. We're good. We can just, like, hang out and observe the church service. Oh, no, no, no. That's not what we do down here. He brings up all the teenagers to the front of the church in front of everyone, okay? So you got your local kids. They knew this was coming. Our kids did not know this was coming. He hands them the microphone one by one and has them talk about what they learned upstairs in their Bible study and how God spoke to them. Whew. Talk about nerve-wracking. I'm, like, standing next to these kids. are like, sweating. Like, yeah. And then there's a translator, too, so it's even, like, more. But you know what? I know what's really cool. Our kids said, like, amazing things. I was like, what? You listened? That's amazing. And God spoke through them. You want to know what's really cool? That sometimes God puts us in really uncomfortable situations so that he has to speak. And that's what he did. And he spoke through our teenagers. And that was just a reminder for me, like, 
man, yeah, I can be the pastor and come up and preach or whatever, but man, the same spirit lives in them that lives in me. And he's going to work through them just like he works through me. And so that was really encouraging for me as well. One thing I noticed about the church down there was that the men were engaged, like really engaged. I've seen in some American churches, a lot of times men are walking into church behind their families. And I mean that in a like a actual physical way, like, and then in a spiritual way as well. Whereas like, okay, the church thing is kind of for the family. I'll go along to support them. Not down there. Husbands and wives were at the altar together. Husbands and wives were sharing their testimonies together and imparting this faith into the next generation. And so that was really cool to see as well and really challenging for us as the American church to be like, okay, we can do better as men of God. We can do better. We can step up. The next picture, this was the hardest part of the week for me. This was when we went and ministered at a local dump. This was absolutely heartbreaking for people who live here. Um, we learned actually some of the people that are there have been living there for up to five years, and they live there full-time, like their home is at the dump. And so we pulled up in the vans, and we opened the doors, and just immediately, like flies just like swarmed into the van, flies everywhere, and we step out, and it's hot. Like Mexico is hot, but like this was hot, like unbearable hot at this dump. And there's trash everywhere. It smells terrible. And the only way they can get rid of the trash is to burn it. And so there's like fires everywhere and smoke, just a haze of smoke. And we're there for five, 10 minutes. I'm already like, oh man, my lungs, you know? And these people live there every single day. People caught in addiction or just a cycle of homelessness and they don't have anywhere to go. And what was really cool for us though was that we didn't just go there by ourselves. We went there with a group of people who minister to these people every single week. I think sometimes like on mission trips as Americans, we like go and we like see people in a hard situation. And we're like, oh, that's really hard for you. Good thing we are all set in America. And then we leave, right? Just like, like they're in a zoo and we're just going to like see their hardship. That, that hurts for me, right, to, to do that. But this was not that. This was us going alongside with local leaders who minister to these people every week. Because when we got there, it wasn't just the people at the dump. It was, hey, call them by name, come out, we want to talk to you. They knew these people by name. And man, when they called that first guy out and he came out just disheveled and clothes all ratty and his hands were just black with ash because he lives there every day. Man, it broke my heart. But we had a chance to give them food, give them water and minister to them. And also to know that there's a local church that is surrounding them, that God is working there, that we didn't just leave them there are people there who are trying to get them out of those situations. In our house at home, uh, we always uh, like to show our kids that sometimes when we have hard things to do, like we still step out and do it. So we want to provide opportunities for our kids to see us, be like, hey, this isn't super comfortable for me, but since God wants me to do it, I'm going to step out and do it. So we had that opportunity when we went to the dump because this was not comfortable for me. I don't speak their language. I mean, it, and it broke my heart. And so for most of the time, I was hanging back with my son, Lou, and we were just kind of watching everyone as they'd go pray. And then when we got to the last group, I was like, okay, I'm going to go and pray with these people. And Pastor Hunter came and stayed with Lucas. And he got to see me knowing I was uncomfortable, knowing that it wasn't the, like the first thing I wanted to do. I stepped out, and he got to see me place my hands on these men who are just filthy, dirty, 
that I don't know, that don't speak my language, and he got to see me pray over them. That's something that your kids need to see. They need to see you step out even when you are uncomfortable. Uh, my wife, Brooke, she'll go and speak at different places. We make sure that the kids know, hey, mom's nervous for this. Hey, mom's a little uncomfortable for this. One time she went and spoke at a college, and, and we made sure the kids knew, like, hey, this is God's stretching mom. Like, this is, she's nervous. She doesn't feel comfortable. She doesn't feel equipped. But God has called her to do it. So you know what mom's going to do? She's going to go do it. And then we'll bring one of our kids with so they can sit in the front row and they can see mom doing what God has asked her to do. That's huge. You can put up that picture of the kids there. The next generation is watching. They're watching. You guys, you can bring them to church. You can tell them you believe this stuff. But they know by the way that you live, they know what you really believe. They know if you think this is real. You have to show them. You have to live it out. You have to listen to what God is speaking to you and walk it out and communicate that to your kids as well because the next generation is always watching. All right, on a lighter note, let's go to that next picture of Brad. It's big, bad Brad. <laughs> Brad is a youth leader. He shared last service. Um, awesome guy. Does great at youth. And when I heard he was going to be coming on this trip, I was like, perfect. Like, he's a shop teacher. He teaches construction in the public schools. And so I was like, this is awesome. That will be his thing. Like, he's going to be an asset in that way. And he was. You know, he had those skills. He was. But he surprised me, and God worked through him in different ways. Like, he would, you know, be asked to pray, and he would just pray out. We had multiple people who, who were like, I've never prayed in front of people before, but they stepped out and did it. And so he did that. But then one thing I really want to share with you is this, that one night we were sitting around a bonfire and there was like 30 of us there from the local church and then our team. We were singing, worshiping in Spanish and in English. And, and then between the songs, people would get up and would share either what God had put on their heart or a testimony. And kind of towards the end, Brad kind of slips out from the shadows and starts to share his testimony. And this was not something that I expected from Brad. It was definitely something that put him outside of his comfort zone, but he stepped out and he did it, and God spoke through him. And you want know what was really cool about this? His 15-year-old son was on the trip and got to see him do that. That's huge. That's huge in building a kid's faith, in, in, in showing your kid that, yeah, I'm nervous, I'm uncomfortable, but I trust that God is faithful. And the next picture here, this is the house completed Three days. Yeah. Thank you, Logan. That's a leader right there. That's a leader. Um, three days. Bunch of unskilled Minnesotans down in Mexico. We had some people who had skills, okay? We had a few guys who knew what they were doing. But it's just crazy what, what God can do. The last picture I have here, this is where I want to spend most of the time today. This is Dorothy. Dorothy changed my life. This, I was not expecting this from her. I thought it would be, you know, having to do with the house build and all. we had all these great ministry opportunities. And, but on the last day, we met Dorothy and we were with her for just a couple hours and she had this crazy, crazy effect on my life. And so I want to share her story um, that, that she shared with us. Dorothy is 85 years old. Uh, she didn't grow up in a Christian home, you know, didn't know Jesus most of her life. Uh, but then I think it was when she was about 57 years old, her husband passed away. And so this brought her into a season of kind of searching, kind of going like, what's next? I don't know what's next for me. Not that she wasn't like interested in like uh, searching for God or the church or Jesus. It was more like, 
like, what's my purpose? What can I do? Can I do any good in the world? And she happened to hear about um, this orphanage down in Mexico, which was actually an orphanage that we got to go see, which is, was near the house build. And she had read this book by the person who started the orphanage, and she was like, well, yeah, I don't believe in God or the church or anything, but, like, I could go help some kids who are in need. Like, I could do some good in the world. And so she said when she was about 59, she loaded up a bunch of stuff and just, she lived in Canada, and she just drove down through California all the way to the Baja Peninsula, uh, and she got to this orphanage, and she was like, hey, like, I want to stay here. I want to volunteer. I want to help these kids. And they said, are you a follower of Christ? And she said, well, no, but I'm just here to help. And they were like, okay, well, it's kind of our mission here is, yes, we want to help with the physical needs and everything, but we also want these kids to know Jesus. And so we like our volunteers to, to have a relationship with him. And they said, but if, if you're willing to go to our chapels every single morning before we go to work, then you can stay here. And so she, this is what she said. She was like, I agreed to it because I was like, I can snooze through that. Like, right, I can, that's another hour of me just relaxing before I got to go to work. But I think you guys know what happened because she went every morning uh, and Jesus touched her heart and she became saved. She found, she found Jesus. Right there, that's a pretty dang cool story, right? But there's more, folks. There's more. Now what Dorothy does is she runs a women's shelter near that orphanage in Mexico. She started it, and she's helped so many women and children get out of these horrible, horrible situations. Now, if you think of an 85-year-old, typically when we think of people who are 85 or around that age, they're like looking back on their life, right? They're saying like, hey, these are the things I did. These are, you know, the things that I regret. I wish I would have done more of this. Not Dorothy. Dorothy is looking forward. She has vision. This woman is a spitfire, I mean, she's, we're walking around. She's telling us about how she's expanding her facility because I want more rooms for these women and children to come to because I want to be able to build this restaurant where they can work at and bring people in to bring funding to the facility. And she's helping them uh, buy land. She's helping them build houses so they have a place that they can have of their own. She's doing all these amazing things for these women. Dorothy is one of my new heroes. Now, before she moved to Mexico permanently, she was living back in Canada. She's a follower of Christ, going to a local church, and she's like feeling God calling her to move to Mexico. And so she went to her pastor and, and told her pastor, hey, I feel like I'm called to move down there and be a missionary, do this full time. And this was her pastor's response, which kind of broke my heart. He said, Dorothy, you have no training. You have no experience. You don't know your Bible well enough. You are not equipped to do this. Dorothy, don't do this. And I think deep down, it was probably out of a, a good heart that he said this, because he probably didn't want her to get hurt, didn't want her to fail. But think about how hard that would be to be hearing from God that you're supposed to do something, and then a spiritual leader in your life is saying, no, you're not equipped for that. How discouraging that would be. But God continued to speak to her. And when God wants something to get done, he's going to continue to speak. And she said that God told her this. The harvest is ready. I just need people who are willing to go. And Dorothy went. Imagine if she didn't. That women's shelter would not be there. All those women's lives that have been changed through that facility, none of that would have happened. And so that brings me to my main point for today. We will not always feel equipped for what God is calling us to do. In fact, for me, 
I rarely feel equipped for what God is calling me to do. Just look at our little trip to Mexico, right? We just went down there for a few days. Most of us didn't have experience building houses. Imagine if we heard about the trip and we said, oh, it's a house build. Well, I'm not skilled in that way, so that, that trip's not for me. Who would have built the house? Brad by himself, right? <laughs> no, we felt the call of God to go down there and build the house, and that is how the body of Christ works. God calls all of us with all different skills and all different backgrounds and all different talents and all different experience and all different knowledge of this book, and he brings us together, and we work together as the church to get the mission done. God doesn't always choose the expert, the best speaker, the smartest theologian. He chooses those willing to go, and he chooses those willing to let him work through them. I mean, just look at these people in the Bible that God chose. Moses was a stutterer. Gideon was afraid. Rahab was a prostitute. Timothy was too young. Abraham was too old. Jacob, that boy was a liar. Peter, just a fisherman. So where does that leave you and me? What do we do? Because I think sometimes we feel God calling us, and then we're like, but God... What if I don't know what to say? What if I don't know what to do? I don't have the tools. Well, we see many times in the Bible where there are people who felt like this, and I want to talk about one of them. It was Moses. You guys remember Moses? Remember the Israelites stuck in slavery? Pharaoh, Pharaoh, oh, baby. And nobody wants to finish it? Just me up here singing by myself. Right, God's people were in slavery, and God's like, I need someone to go and set them free. There's a mission, there is a need, and God chose Moses. But Moses felt like a lot of us feel, who am I to go? Why would Pharaoh listen to me? I don't speak well. I can't do this. I'm not equipped for this. God called Moses, and Moses had a list of reasons why he shouldn't go. Any of us ever do that when God asks us to do something? Or is it just me? Just me? <laughs> right? When God says, hey, I, I want you to step into this. We're like, but I don't, I can't do this. I'm not good at this. I, I'm nervous about this. We have this whole list of reasons why we shouldn't go. But I want to take a second. I want you to see how God responds to Moses kind of selling himself short. Right? So God comes to Moses and says, hey, this is what I have for you. I want you to go and set my people free. And this is what Moses says. Exodus 4, starting in verse 10. Moses said to the Lord, pardon your servant, Lord. I've never been eloquent, neither in the past nor since you have spoken to your servant. I'm slow of speech and tongue. The Lord said to him, who gave human beings their mouths? Who makes them deaf or mute? Who gives them sight or makes them blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go, I will help you speak and will teach you what to say. Now notice here, did God go to Moses and say, no, Moses, you're perfect. You speak really well. You have all the tools that you need. Is that what God did? No. He said, Moses, I will speak through you. I will teach you. I will do the work. I want to ask you this question. Are you scared to do what God is calling you to do because you think you can't do it? Guess what? You can't. And neither can I. None of us can. That is why we rely on God to do the work through us. So what do we do when call, God calls us to do something that we don't feel equipped to do? Well, I think we should follow the example of Dorothy, who went for it, right? Who said, okay, God, 
I trust you. I'm moving. I'm doing it. I believe that you're faithful. And Dorothy followed the example of a guy in scripture called Isaiah. Remember Isaiah? God said, I, I need someone to go. I need a messenger to go to the people. What did Isaiah say? Here am I. Send me. Isaiah 6, 8. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? And I said, here am I. Send me. Isaiah says, I will go. And so maybe for you and me, it would sound something like this. God, I may not have the training. I may not know everything. I may not have the right talents. But if you need me, I will go. I want to ask you this today. Are you willing to go? When God calls you, will you say yes? You don't have to have the strength to do it. You don't have to have all the tools to do it. Will you trust him to equip you? Or will you say no because you don't have the experience or the right skills? I want to share with you one more testimony about someone in our church who felt the call to serve but was like, I don't know. Like, can God really work through me? I want to share with you how through her saying yes, God has worked. Check out this video. My name is Katie Malachek. Uh, my husband's name is Richard. We have two beautiful girls named Julia and Charlotte. Um, I'm a stay-at-home mom and a wife and a youth leader. We started coming to Homestead, I think it was back in 2018, um, and we have been pretty sporadic. Um, but my husband and I really wanted to build our faith and our kids' faith, and so we started to attend regularly. The reason we wanted to start coming to Homestead was because we just saw the community and the family. When God first started calling me to serve, I felt very nervous, but I also felt very excited. Um, I knew that God wanted something bigger for me. He wanted me to be more involved, but I wasn't sure what. Uh, I kept praying and asking God to give me a sign. How I started getting involved at youth group was uh, through my brother, Stephen. He kept bugging me about it and asking me, and um, I finally actually really started to pray about it. And I would talk to my husband about it, and you know, he just finally said to me, well, why don't you just give it a shot? You keep talking about it, I think it's something you actually want to do. I did not feel equipped. Uh, and I think that's why I was questioning being a youth leader so much. Um, I didn't know my role. I didn't know where I was supposed to be. Uh, and I didn't know how to be a youth leader. At first, I did not feel equipped, but that God started showing me my role at youth group. Um, I really prayed for that role to come, and it finally did. The girls would come to me with something they were struggling with, or... Uh, a boy they liked or just coming to me and crying in my arms because they had a really rough week and they really didn't even know why they were crying. I definitely had to step outside my comfort zone. Before I had never prayed in front of anyone except for uh, my family. It was something that was very unfamiliar to me and one day at youth group Steve had asked me to pray uh, in front of all the leaders just to get us started. And it was definitely nerve-wracking, but I took a step and I did it. And after, I was so glad that I did because it's something that 
equipped me to pray more in front of my girls and show them how to do something that I didn't even know how to do when I first got there. Being with this group of leaders that has definitely made me reach outside my comfort zone um, and others see that. They see where you're not comfortable. They see where you're struggling, but then they come up behind you and they don't force you to do it, but they tell you, you can do it. And they encourage you and they pray with you and they help you to do things that you never even thought you could do. My faith has definitely grown since stepping into um, leading at youth. I get to be an example uh, not just for these girls, but for other people who want to get involved in church. Um, for my kids at home, for even the kids at youth who are like, I want to be like that leader one day. And if I can do it, you can too. I would say that if you feel like God is talking to you, listen. Because I thought that God had this big plan for me and I was going to know exactly what it was and it was going to be huge. And it was small at first, but it just keeps growing and growing. And it's going to be so amazing in the end. Before I became a youth leader, I definitely didn't think that it was a very important job. But God definitely proved me wrong. I get to be a mom, a chauffeur, a friend, a mentor, a safe place, and the light of Christ. That one's extra special for me because that's my little sister, one of my little sisters. So pretty cool to see her stepping out in faith and seeing God use her in a way that she thought she couldn't be used. I'm glad that we were able to share testimonies, that other people were able to share with you what God is speaking to them, what God is doing, because there's something different about when you hear the stories of people and what God is doing in their life. It just hits home a little different. I want to close with this. If God is calling you, he will equip you. He's not going to call you to something and then just leave you there by yourself. He is a faithful God. He's going to equip you. He's going to give you wisdom. He's going to surround you with the right people. It's called the body of Christ for a reason. You're not meant to do this by yourself. Now, don't get me wrong. As God's people, we should always be expanding our knowledge and getting training and gaining experience and equipping ourselves you know, knowing the word of God more. But God does not ask us to wait until we have it all figured out. He does not ask us to wait until we have read this whole thing, although you should. If we wait until we have it all figured out, if we wait until we're perfect, we'll never answer the call of God. God is looking for people to step out in faith now. No matter where you are in your faith journey, no matter how much you know about this book, you want to know something funny about this? The more that I learn about this, the more that I study, the more that I read the word of God, the more questions I have about my faith. So don't wait until you have it all figured out because you'll never step out in faith. God wants to use you. He wants to work through you. And it's going to look different through you than it will through other people. But be faithful to him and he will be faithful to you. The harvest is ready and God is calling for more workers. Amen? Amen? Let's pray. Jesus, 
God, we love you. We thank you for who you are. I thank you that you're a faithful God. I thank you that you equip us. I thank you that you call us. God, I just pray that everyone in this room would listen to the Holy Spirit, would listen to your voice, and would step into the calling that you have for them, knowing that you will be faithful, knowing that you will walk alongside them and that you will equip them. God, I thank you for the global church. I thank you for our brothers and sisters in Mexico that we got to go down there and learn more from them than they learned from us. God, I thank you that even there was, there, though there was a language barrier, those were our brothers and sisters, and we had a connection with them that we can't explain because of your cross. God, I pray that our minds would always be open to all the different people in the world, all the different cultures, all the different languages, and that we would understand that when we are in you, we are all one body. We are all brothers and sisters. God, I pray for anyone in this room who is nervous about answering the call of God who is, or who has said no to God before. I just pray that you would strengthen them. I pray that you would give them boldness. And God, I just pray that you would reveal yourself to them so that they would know that you are there, that you are walking with them. And they don't have to have the strength. They don't have to know everything. They don't have to have it all together because you are the one that does the work. I ask you to bless everyone in this room in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Well, thank you so much for being here today. If you are new, uh, we would love to get a chance to meet you after service. Uh, if you need prayer or need to talk to anyone, we'll have a few different prayer teams up here. Uh, otherwise, have a great week, and we'll see you next weekend. Thank you.